Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Higher dole payments for workers who suddenly lose their job are in the mix for Budget 2022. This is not, by the way, a kite. It's going to happen. Um, a longer-term plan to get early retirees and former careers or carers, to say, to take up part-time work is also in the pipeline. But to avoid the so-called income shock or cliff edge of going from a full wage to a dole payment of 208, newly unemployed workers will get a higher unemployment benefit to help them adapt. Now, we don't know how much that is yet, but they have obviously been looking at the PUP payment. You know, it could be ranging from somewhere from 300 to 350. We don't know yet. They might do what they've done in other countries, which is a percentage of your wages. The different rates would be based on individual levels of income and how long a person has been unemployed. The intention is to tide over workers who will be unemployed for a short period of time before getting another job. And as I said, the system is modelled on the PUP payment, the pandemic unemployment benefit, which ran during COVID-19 and during the lockdowns and restrictions. I'm sure you'll all remember it, never want to forget it. Now, new figures from the Central Statistics Office show that the unemployment rate in April fell to its lowest rate since the start of COVID-19's pandemic, dropping to 4.8%, which is practically 0% unemployment, because there are always going to be roughly between 4 and 6% of the population who, for whatever reason, don't want to work. That doesn't count, by the way. We're not talking about people who are on invalidity and disability. I can talk about those figures in a few minutes because in this country currently at the moment, those who are on invalidity and disability are around 302,000. But just unemployment, 129,500 people in April, down from the 135,000 in March are unemployed. And the government are saying, OK, if you lose your job, we're going to give you this amount of money. They haven't decided yet. It'll be a percentage based on what you earned. It'll be a lot more than the 208 that you're currently on. But if you haven't got a job within X amount of time, they haven't said the X yet, well, then your dole goes down. And the suggestion by some people is they should keep decreasing it to a minimal amount. And in other countries where they've done this, um, it's called job fair as far as I know in other countries. I, know, I don't want to use America as, I suppose, some sort of... Landmark, but they've, they've, they've done it in America uh, as a benchmark for it. They also do it as far as I know in Germany and other places as well. Uh, and they find that before people end up going on to the lower level, they tend to get a job because they don't want to go on a lower level of money. But would it be a good idea? Do you think it's a good idea? Or do you think it's really unfair to reduce people's dole over time if they don't get a job? Let me know what you think. The number is 87 They're trying to reduce the amount of people who are dependent on social welfare for the long term. But let me go to Stephen first, uh, because Stephen has been quite vocal about this over the years because I've talked to him before about it. Stephen, you spoke about this to me going back, well, five, six years ago, and now it seems the government have taken on the idea. Absolutely. I mean, I think what's really unfair is someone who's worked maybe for 10, 20, 30 years, loses their job, gets the same payment as someone who's never worked or contributed in, in, in their lives. And yes, I think probably for a decade I've been advocating for a contribution-based system. It's the fairest because it gives a proper safety net for people who lose their jobs between jobs. But at the same time, it doesn't encourage long-term dependency. So I think it's a win-win. Did, did we right. used to, by the way, sorry for interrupting, but did we not used to have a system like this before yeah. where you, you got the dole or the labour, as it was called, and then you went on a social benefit or something, whatever it was after your stamps ran out and it was a lower amount of money. So did we not used to have that system before? Yeah, I think we're probably we're similar ages. When we were both kids, we that was the system that was there for adults. I mean, it is called PRSI, which is Pay Related Social Insurance, and unfortunately, the related bit seems to have completely disappeared. I think it was in the early eighties. 
Um, so it, it's commonplace in most other countries, particularly in Europe and Australia. And as you mentioned, um, Germany and Australia have a system called Workfare, where if somebody is unlucky enough not to find a job during a period of full employment, they they get um, community-type work and they're paid to do it. Um, but a lot of them then also go, go on to get a proper job because once they get used to getting up in the mornings, um, they want to ha- they want to earn more money. So I think it's a positive both for society and the people themselves. Well, the last time we tried to do, you know, the, com- the community stroke benefit work where you pay people an extra few quid on top of their dole to work, you heard what, you've you seen what happened there. Sure, you know, the, the kind of socialists went bonkers and said you can't be doing that to people. It's slave labour. Well, the loony left always wants to seem to get free stuff for doing nothing. But if you talk about Jobsbridge or whatever it's called now, it was one of the most successful Jobsbridge, programs that was the one. I couldn't, remember the, I couldn't remember the it, name of there for a second. It had about a 60% um, translation rate into people who got permanent jobs. And I have customers who took people on in Jobsbridge and they're still working there. And they're, they're, they're very good Well, I know, well, I know Richard Boyd Barrett and Paul Murphy at the time weren't great fans of it. I mean, of course, they, they referred to it as, you know, uh, you know uh, employers abusing the system and basically using it to get cheap labour. Well, of course they say that. And yes, there was probably a minority of employers who did. But why should the, the 1% stop the 99%, or in this case, it was 60-odd percent, from, benef- from benefiting from it? It makes sense. I mean, people need, most people want to work. And if someone is getting to the rut of not getting up in the mornings, not having a reason to do anything, introducing those systems actually helps them. Okay, but some people would, would argue that a system like the one that you're proposing, and the one the government seems to be going halfway to doing at the moment, I don't know, we won't know till the budget exactly what they're going to do, but but it certainly seems they are. <coughs> pardon me. It certainly seems they are going to do something in relation to that, or, or have a better payment for those who just lost their jobs. There, some people would say it stigmatizes those who are long term unemployed. Well, we are, as you said yourself, at four percent unemployment, and this is probably the best time to do it when the country is at, at, at virtually full employment. I mean, there's no reason for an able-bodied person not to get a job. Mm-hmm. And the goal is there to be a safety net, not to be a way of life. And I think some people have forgotten that. But the vast majority of people will want to work. And certainly maybe someone who loses their job in their late 50s or early 60s might find it difficult to get another job due to their age. But if they've paid PRSI for the last 40 years, maybe they'll end up getting um, 80%, 70% of their salary until they retire, which I think is fair, rather than getting this current 208, the same as someone who's never worked. Uh, you've also suggested in the past, similar to what the UK did in the past, where they reassessed people who were on disability payments. Now, in total on disability payments in this country, 302,000 people, uh, which has increased in the last, um, should I say, in the last 20 years substantially, even though the population has increased, but obviously up substantially more. Now, this includes, by the way, illness benefits, invalidity benefits, in-term illness benefits, uh, blind person's benefit, injury benefit, debt benefits, and dis- uh, disablement ben- pension. So... It includes them all, but it's quite a substantial amount of people. It's 302,000. Now, when they reassess that, and I know that where there was an inspection going back about two years ago, and I talked about it the other night or last week on the radio there, but out of 1,000 people, I think they assessed, uh, they figured that 100, people, 100 of those people should be out working. In other words, they weren't disabled at all. Do you believe that we, it's kind of, again, stigmatising people to say we're going to reassess everybody or re... No, not at all. I think the figures we worked out previously was in the last number of years, it was like the entire population of County Waterford suddenly became disabled. Um, but I, I do agree with the UK system. Rather than a sick note system, they have a fit note. I mean, if someone is injured a back, um, clearly they can't work in um, a warehouse. 
but they could work in an IT job. They could work in a radio station. Um, there's lots of other jobs they do. So rather than telling people what, what, what they can't do, I think it's good to tell people what we can do. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I think would be a good movement is, because I think it puts unfair pressure on um, someone's own GP, is the assessment should be done by a third party, not your own GP. Because, he's, he, because you. he knows you and he's not going to do anything wrong and he's going to do you a favour, isn't he? Do your turn. Yeah, yeah, it's very hard. I mean, if someone has known someone for many years, I mean, I've no problem with the GP doing up a report and then it'd be independently assessed. And if someone has found, no, okay, well, you can't do warehouse work, but actually there's a job you can do in an office or you can do on a phone. There may be other things that you can do and you help people and you give them training. Because I, I know it's an anecdotal story, but I do know one person who injured his back many, many years, 20 years ago, and has been on in, uh, disabled payment ever since. And sure, he'd be out the back garden lifting patio stones up on his roof, fixing a satellite dish, and that's a bother on him. There's nothing wrong with him at all. You know, so just claiming that. I don't know how people get away with doing that because maybe I don't, we don't reassess it enough. Mind you, it's very difficult to prove to somebody that you, they don't have a backache. By the way, get, getting back to this payment, so you think this is a good idea, so you're saying, so how long should we pay the higher rate for, do you think, Stephen? Uh, let's say, let's say for argument's sake, it's three fifty. Let's say it's three fifty for argument's sake. Well, I actually wouldn't do it. I would do it as, as a percentage, um, like a lot of the Scandinavian countries do, where it could be seventy or eighty percent of your salary, and that would typically last for six months. Then it might drop down to about fifty percent for the for the following six months, and then it it it, it continues to drop. And how uh, low but, would you have it drop? Would you have it? The, the currently that the payment is two oh eight. Mind you, if you're under twenty five, it's a hundred quid. But mind you, I always believe that people under the age of twenty five with no dependents shouldn't get the dole at all. But I, but the moment the minimum payment, so to speak, for adults is two oh eight. Would you have it go lower than that? What I would probably do then is have it moving to the workfare system they have in Germany and Australia. And that if you, if you still can't find work in in the private sector or a public sector after job, say two years, let's say. Yeah, two, two, two years, I think, will be a fair amount of time, particularly at a time of full employment, in that the state finds you some work for 20 hours a week, they pay you for that, and then you can do what you want for the other 20 hours, if you want to sit at home watching Jeremy Kyle reruns, if you want to do a training course, if you want to find another job, be free to do that. It's got. It's funny that that cliche has gone from watching Jeremy Kyle to Jeremy Kyle reruns. There you go. I don't even know they still show the reruns. Let me. Well, stay there for a second. Let me go to Mark. Mark, you're in Ireland's classic hits. Mark, Stephen thinks this is a good idea. Other people say no. It stigmatizes people. What do you reckon? I agree with Stephen and with the vast majority of people. With um, probably the same idea is you've been working for you know ten, fifteen years. God knows how long. And then you pay all these contributions. And mind you, they're not really fair around those contributions. Mm-hmm. Because in in the past, in one of the years that I worked, I happened to have 48 contributions only um, against like 52. But then next year I had 64. But they didn't even out the two. So I'm still missing the contributions from that year, even though I contributed you know, above and beyond. So they should really look and how people contribute to the system. Overall, how much you've and contributed overall. Overall, overall yeah. and then maybe do a, you know, a median, and you know, if there's more in one year, you know, let it overflow in the year that you know, maybe you didn't have um, you know, such a good job, perhaps. Mm. So with that in mind, definitely we should assess people on percentage of okay. the previous wage because if you were you know, in a higher up position, not necessarily like, um, a sh- you know, but sorry to interrupt, but that could, to both of you, that could be an awful lot. Let's say I, I'm in a good job and I'm earning in construction. And I'm a crane driver and I'm earning fourteen hundred quid a month or a week, should I say, right? Um, and I'm, are the social welfare then, if Stephen says seventy or eighty percent, expected to pay me, you know, a, a thousand quid 
for the first few few months. That'll be a lot yeah. of money for the social welfare yeah. payout. But in the same time, the same person is very motivated to go back to work on you know a similar paying job because he has that lifestyle to sustain in 70% of the wage doesn't really cut it probably and not to mention 208 a week that that would be just completely miserable for somebody that you know has worked that kind of job but mm. let's keep in mind that somebody pulling in 1400 a week also has taxes going through the roof like he's probably paying into the tax system above and beyond compared to you mm. know no, uh, I'm, I'm, think, I, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you both in the principle, but sorry, just to go back to you, Stephen, and I understand what Mark is saying, but, you know, if you have high earners, and you will have some high earners who will lose their job or have an interim period of two or three months between jobs if they lose it, that means the state will be paying out a huge amount of money if you're going by a percentage of previous earnings. Well, it goes to back to the point of pay related. Someone who's earning more will have contributed far more in contributions. Oh, no, no, so I, I get, I get that, but I just don't know where this money's going to come from. But it's time. But most people who are already working tend to already will find another job. This is just a temporary safety net. So I don't think there's anything wrong with paying it for three or six months. I wouldn't pay it for two years at that rate. Mm-hmm. But I think 70% um, for six months would be more than adequate for the vast majority of people to find work. Now, you could have some exceptions, like if, if a big multinational shut down and suddenly a lot of people um, are, are lose their jobs, as has happened before. Um, or there's a shock, like they're, 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 I don't want to mention, like another pandemic or something. Yeah, um, things can happen. But we, we we got through the pandemic and we're back at four percent. So it just shows that most people are resilient. Well, I, I think most economists to. figured that the economy would bounce back very quickly after the pandemic. But Mark, in in relation to the Stephen says six months at that kind of seventy percent, maybe then down, you know, for the next say three months, down to fifty yeah, percent, then down to thirty percent. And okay. I want to chime in with something else as well. It should be six months as opposed to three months because a lot of women, they're taking maternity leave and they're going from maybe a really nice career-based salary on that, you know, meager 200-something year a week. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't cut it for no. themselves supporting themselves at home, let alone taking care of a baby. So maternity leave uh, workers should get compensated percentage of their wages from uh, maybe, you know, the two years before. And it should be like a median, like to be fair on everybody, then if you were on a high uh, wage... Well, you're all very... Yeah, but Mark, with the greatest respect to both of you, I agree with both of you in principle, which is... Which are very, very, yeah, but you're very generous with taxpayers' money here, you know what I mean? I mean, it's, it's easy to turn around and say with maternity leave, and by the way, with maternity leave, a lot of companies, particularly the big tech companies, do pay the full salary. Um, there's no obligation on them to do that, by the way. The state will obviously pick up the tab if they can't afford it and pay the minimum amount. But in saying that, it would be very difficult for smaller companies to pay out. And I don't want to go into the maternity leave topic per se today, but you've brought it up, so I might as well mention it. It'd be very difficult for smaller companies to pay out a full wage for uh, maternity leave. You know, that, that would be difficult for smaller companies to do that because they have to pay somebody to come in temporarily and take over for them as well. Have we lost Mark? We've lost Mark there. Stephen, are you still there? I am, yes. Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't disagree with that either. I mean, maternity leave... Um, I guess it. I, yeah. Uh, for a certain, I mean, again, it's crazy because it, it's a fixed amount. It doesn't matter how much um, a woman has, has paid in taxes. Um, but maybe have it, I wouldn't object to it at 80 or 70%, but maybe have that limited to two or three times. And I see, I'm agreeing with you. Everything, I'm agreeing with everything you're saying, Stephen, in principle. But it's all well and good to be generous with taxpayers' money because at the end of the day, this, this will cost a lot more money than we're currently paying out at the moment in social protection. It, 
I'm not too sure about that because in other countries they found that having such a system, you tend to have people going back to work quicker because there's more of an incentive to get back to work because the amount that they pay drops over time. So yes, there might be front loading for the first six months, but if the person finds a job after six months, they're back at work and hopefully at a similar paid job and they're back contributing their taxes. And remember, the vast bulk of taxes are paid by those on higher paid jobs anyway. Yeah. But I mean, I would imagine going from 1,400 quid down to 208 would be an incentive enough to get you back to work very quickly, wouldn't it? Absolutely, and most <laughs> people do. But then again, they might need additional support. Um, they might need HAP. They may need other things. So if you look at it in the round, I don't think it would make actually much, that much difference because someone on the dole, as we've discussed before, gets all these additional allowances anyway. And mm. this, this would maybe... Okay. Balance out, I think. Okay, and, and your your argument as well is that Johnny or Mary, who's been on the dole for the last five years and just hasn't bothered getting a job, or you know maybe has just set up his lifestyle around or her lifestyle around being on the dole, you believe they should be forced to work. In other words, you go out there, you work for the community. I don't know, paint fences, paint the library, do something in public buildings or uh, the OPW, and you get paid an amount, a small amount, on top of your dole. Well, I think if someone like Jobbridge. Yeah, if somebody expects society to, to contribute, to, to pay for them, they have to contribute back. Okay. It can't be one way. All right, well, okay. Keep texting, keep WhatsApping. The number's 087 Maybe you disagree with Stephen. Um, but the government are going to bring something in the budget whereby you will get, um, I, I'm assuming it's going to be a declining amount or a percentage uh, of what you've earned to some degree. Um, now, I, they haven't really said it. They are doing something. It'll be a longer-term longer, longer term plan uh but the higher dole payments for workers who suddenly lose their jobs are certainly in the mix. Some people are saying, no, that's not fair on those who are maybe unemployed a little bit longer that they're only getting 208 and somebody else will lose their job and maybe get 350 or 400 or a percentage of their earnings. It's unfair. Everybody should get the same amount. Well, no. No, I mean, if you're languishing on the dole for five or six years, why should you get the same amount as somebody who's just lost their job and has been paying tax for a long time? That doesn't make any sense either, does it really? That's the best idea I've heard this year. It's stop all these people profiteering from social welfare. Um, like, you know, if you've been on the dole for five years or more or less, like, Joe, two, three years on the dole, what are you? You're a parasite. Oh, God. That's all you are. Oh, Get them off their asses and into work. Okay, that might be a bit of a stretch. Anyway, uh, okay, well, that's his view on it anyway. But mind you, yeah, a lot of people, by the way, can end up on the dole for a long time, you know, for different reasons. Now, you know, they're not all parasites as you go. There are parasites clearly out there, but they're not all parasites. Um, some people might have mental health issues or find it difficult to go back to work, and I can understand that can happen. And you know, we, sh- we should have support systems there to help people to get through that and get through a difficult time. But maybe you've been out of work for a long time because the idea that Stephen is talking about, and the government are going to do something in the budget, it may not be what Stephen's talking about, but they are going to do something in the budget similar to this, that they will reduce your dole over time to an amount that will, you will find very difficult to live on because in other countries where they've done this, they find when people get to that point, say, at two years, let's just for argument's sake, at two years, where it's reduced so much over the two years, it gets to a point where you don't want to go on that really low payment, so you'll take a job somewhere rather than do that. Because let's be clear about it. The whole definition of social protection is a protection. It's to protect you from starving, protect you from being homeless, to protect you from, you know, ending up in a bad situation for a temporary period of time. You're not meant to live on the dole. But unfortunately in this country, there is a small percentage of people who live on the dole. That is their lifestyle. 
and some people have never worked. There was a story in the paper there going back a while ago in Cork where a man had a celebration and booked out a room in a hotel to celebrate the fact that he was 25 years on the dole. All right, keep texting, keep WhatsApping. The number's 087-188-0008. Dennis, you're in Ireland's Classic Kids. How are you doing, Dennis? How's it going, mate? Good. Now, I don't know. Do you think this is a good idea or a bad idea or the worst idea ever? Or You know what I mean? Oh, to- I, I, I think it's a fairly good idea to do the percentage thing. I mean, they do it in most countries across Europe. I have a brother living in Germany and he was yeah. As time goes on. The same goes in the United on. States, the same in Australia, the same in many yeah. countries, actually. I mean, there's, there's a lot of countries that do it, but that's very usual. Ireland has to be 10 steps behind everybody else. But, I mean, I'm 100% agree with you. Anybody in this country under the age of 25, there's no excuse to be on. No, I'm, look, that's a whole topic I mean, in itself. Anybody, as long as they've no dependents, right? Like, you could no, be a yeah, young yeah, woman, yeah. for example, under the age of, of a couple course, of kids. Yeah, I think yeah, but but if you're if you're a young fella or a young girl and you're 23 years of age and you're unemployed and claiming the dole at the moment, I think they get a hundred quid. You shouldn't be getting it because you should be working. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the staff shortage is all over Dublin. Never mind Ireland for restaurants, hotels, all that sort of industry. Yeah, they can't get staff. Yeah. Yeah, I know, I know as we speak, by the way, there's not many of them, thankfully, but there's young fellas and young ones all over the country sitting in their bedrooms playing their PlayStation, getting 100 quid off the state every week. Yeah, I have a nephew, he's 24. He's never walked. He laughs at me for walking. Laughs. Thinks I'm a gobshop. Yeah, well, then he's a waster. I'm I had a woman on here going back about three years ago before the pandemic and everything went, and, and we basically very low unemployment there before the pandemic back in 2018-19 and she said to me she had her son he was 22 he wasn't in college he hadn't worked since he left school at 18 and she said but how is he going to get a job and I said but he could go to McDonald's but he doesn't know how to do that I said what he doesn't know how to flip a burger like I said give me a yeah, break like Okay, what do you say, Dennis, to people who are saying, no, Dennis, you're wrong, Niall, you're wrong. What you're doing no, is stigma- not, you're stigmatising people not. who are long-term unemployed. There's people, there's people out there, unfortunately, they're, they're not able to work because they've hurt themselves. They've had an oh, well, that's it. No, we're not, we're not talking about them. They're, on, that, they're not part of the 4.5%, by the way. No, no. Okay. But these people that are sitting on the dole, they don't want to work. It's as pure and simple as that. Their attitude is, why should I get up in the morning, do a day's work, and come out with about 200 euros a week more than what I should be doing when I'm sitting at home on my home doing nothing? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like, they'll, they'll, work, they'll do that for all their lives, and then they'll hit the pension age, and they'll get the same amount as me. Maybe it's maybe, I'll probably get about 10 or, 10 or a week more or something like that. But I work, I'm in a fairly decent job, I drive a truck, I can pay me bills and stuff. Okay, so but if you but if you lost your job tomorrow, two hundred and eight would be a shock to your system, wouldn't it? Well, when the pandemic hit, I was on uh, three fifty, yeah, yeah. But I struggled. I did struggle there. How long? How long we on it? How long we on it for? By the way, I was quite lucky. The first one, I was only on it for eight weeks, but the second lockdown, I was on it for four months. Uh, what? What do you work? Uh, what business are you in, by the way? Uh, construction. I drive a truck in construction. Right. Okay. 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 We were all laid off. Do you know what I mean? So 
around. Yeah, now, oh, now I, I know. Now I, construction are screaming out for people, so they can't get them. Oh yeah, yeah, you can't, you can't get uh, you see carpenters, electricians, plasters. You can't get them. No, you just can't get them. And that's a whole other conversation, by the way, that enough young people are not going into these apprenticeships for these jobs anymore. And I see a time in 10 or 15 years where there will be no electricians, carpenters, plasters, brickies. There'll be none. We'll, be, we'll, we'll have to import people to do it. Yeah, well, I don't understand it because my son is a carpenter. He's 24 now and the money he is bringing Oh, yeah, in, raking it in. I, I hope he is. is. Yeah. He's, 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 he has a full-time job. Now he's a grafter, he always has been. But on a Saturday and like on a Sunday, he'll work half day on a Sunday doing his private jobs. Yeah. You know I mean? So he's, like, he's only 24, and him and his girlfriend now, they have the money for a deposit for a house. I know. I know. I know a friend of mine who's an electrician. Same thing. Yeah. He's working on he's working uh, on contract no, for a company no, at the moment, no. making a fortune, and he's doing his nixers in the evening and at the weekends. Yeah, exactly. So like, okay, it's just they don't want to do it. So the government needs to step in and say, okay, you don't want to work, that's fine, no problem. From now on, your your your, your social welfare is going to be cut down and cut down and cut down and cut down until you do want to. But you can't. Well, you can't cut it down to zero, Dennis. In fairness. No, I understand that. That's fair enough. Yeah. But cut it down to such, to such a... Uh, a point where they people would be forced, more or less, to get a job. Well, you know, basically, they force your hand. I mean, in, in England, the dole, I think, is £35 a week. But, I don't, well, I don't, I don't think it's as low as that. I think it's about 70 quid a week. Yeah. No, they get it every two weeks. My brother's on it. No, it's, no I think in the UK... Actually, just check that there for really Great Britain, how much the dole is in the UK. I think it's 70, 79 or something like that, pounds... Which is, by the way, it's a lot less than it is here. It's only half what it is here. Exactly, yeah, but like, well, they still do it in England as well. They make a lifestyle out of it. Oh, they, I don't know how they do that. Well, say there, hang on, Dennis, because I want to go to Will as well. Will, you're an Ireland's classic kid. How are you doing, Will? How are you now? How are you doing? Uh, okay, th- this idea, of, well, the government have already put out a plan and they're going to say in, in budget 2022, they're going to increase the social welfare for those for a short period of time who have just lost their jobs. Now, I don't know how they're going to do that. They haven't given the finer details of it yet. But a lot of people are saying that we should do a job fair situation where it reduces over time. Well, I have a better idea for pe- people that are long term on the dole. If you're on the dole, have been on the dole for about 10 or 15 years, like some people I see around the place. And they're drinking cans every night, smoking cigarettes, and going on holidays, having a great time. I think they should be told, you've got 12 months to get a skill or to get a job. And after 12 months, you're going to be no longer in receipt of any social welfare. So you pull up your socks, you get out of bed, and you learn a skill that'll get you a job. Or you go and get a menial job, and you pay your way. Uh, that's 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 the point. What I think should happen. So, so in other words, giving them vouchers like a card, yeah. System. Well, you've got twelve months to go and get a job. You're yeah. de- it's all, the, 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 the free for all. The gravy train is finished in twelve months' time. So we're giving you that time to go. People. That now, I, I, this. By the way, well, that would have to be dependent on the current climate, if you know what I mean. Because okay, the current yeah, well, hang on, lads. But the, the greatest the current climate at the moment, which has leave the pandemic aside, that was a glitch in the world. Right? But say from two thousand and fourteen to now, leaving aside the two years of the pandemic, we've more or less had nearly full employment, right? So mm-hmm. we've had a it's it's easy to get a job. Yeah. Now it might not yeah. be the job you want, but it's easy to get a job. Yeah. But there has yeah. been times in our history, 
you know, back, say, you know, back in the 70s and the 80s. And we did have a, a period there between 2008 and 2013 yeah, but I, where I unemployment was higher and it was harder to get a job. I don't have any problem with somebody that's genuinely unemployed for a year or two or three having, uh, getting that safety net where they get the door and they're able to look after themselves. But there's people at this, there's young people I see it's a every lifestyle. day of the week. It's a lifestyle. Every day of the week, they're walking around the town smoking cigarettes, smoking joints, drinking cans every night, arsing around the place. They're not interested in work. They'll never work. They're never going to do a tap. And what I think... Those people currently, they should reform the whole system completely where you're not getting cash handed out in the post office because cash, you can go and buy cans, you can go and buy drugs, you can go and buy, you know, whatever. This should, the dole should be for the bare necessities that will sustain you for life, food, a roof over your head. But I see a lot of people, they're having a great time with the dole. They're living at home with their parents. Mommy and daddy's buying the food, roof over their head. And they can go off and drink and take drugs with the 208 euros a week that they get. Well, I mean, with the grace, I don't think everybody on the dole is going off and spending it on drugs and drink. But, 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 I, but I do, what you're talking about is in many states in America, they brought it, and they did it in Australia too, I think. They brought in a system whereby they give you a card and the money is put onto a card and it can't be spent on alcohol. It can't be spent outside of the state, in other words, on a foreign holiday. Yeah, or it can't be spent on in you know a bookie's office or whatever it is. So, I think so you, but, but the only thing is, a lot of people disagree with that, Will, because they will say you're restricting people's freedom because at the end of the day, you know, it is money to survive on. But what about my freedom? I look at my paycheck every week and there's two or three hundred euros in tax going out of it. What about my freedom? Yeah, no. what, about, yeah. what about me getting up at five o'clock in the morning, pay 200 grand for a house and nine or ten doors down, there's people living in a house that was given to by the council and they get the dough. And they can party all night till three o'clock in the morning, drink and smoke, shout and roar, deny everybody else. And I'm getting up at five to go to work every day. Okay, so you just want a fairer system with a bit more equilibrium in it. Okay, thanks, Will. Let me just go to Linda finally in relation to this. Linda, you're an Ireland's classic. How are you doing, Linda? Hi, how are you? Uh, You Um, wanted to talk about maternity leave because we kind of mentioned it a bit earlier on there, yeah? Yeah, it was just more about maternity leave. And um, just to say that, a lot of companies in Ireland still don't actually pay um, women. Which and and big and I mean I know small companies it's a lot harder for them. Um, obviously you know they they wouldn't have to turn over the cash flow to do so. But you you mentioned tech companies there. I'm not going to tell you what tech company I work in, but I do work in a large tech company. And they and don't they pay. They don't pay. Right. Some no, of the, I know some of them do, but I, I yeah, it's predominantly yeah. men as well, which I think is you know like it's a it's a hard pill to swallow in this day and age, like in 2022, like and mm. you know you're still not being paid. For, um, it's only it's only twenty six weeks. Like it's not you're not See, taking the, the, the argument. He, here's the argument against it, Linda. Right, and I'm not against the idea of it, by the way, because I think it's really difficult for a woman or for a family or a couple who are planning to have a child to take into consideration the amount of money they lose. Right, uh, and they will lose, generally speaking, because most most employers don't pay uh, full maternity leave. Um, but you get the, the money off the state, which is what is it two hundred? What is it? How much is it now? You get. When you're yeah, you get two fifty now. They, they up to yeah. fifty in the last budget. And the argument against it is, if you force companies, the private sector, um, to pay full maternity leave, well, then you're going to put women on the back foot for getting jobs because then you're going to have unscrupulous employers out there who are going, well, I'm not going to hire women of childbearing age because it's going to cost me a fortune to get pregnant, and I have to pay someone to replace them as well on top of that. So it puts women on the back foot. Do you understand what I'm saying? And that's oh, I totally get Always it. been like, the fear of that. Yeah, and I and I understand that, but I think there should be a stipulation in the workplace that if you have so many years service in that company, 
like that they should, you know, like in absolutely. All honesty, I know like, I agree with you by the way. I know that like a lot of people going on maternity leave, like probably don't earn like you know director salaries or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So from what they get from the state to top up your wages and they can claim back the PRSI, it's not actually a whole lot in the difference. There's, a, there's a text here. An awful lot, like. Okay, there's a text here that says, "Can you ask your woman, Linda, why should I, as a taxpayer, be paying for her baby?" Now, I, okay, well, I think well, that this is simplistic. And say, well, I've been working for the last twenty-five years of my life, so I've probably been, you know, I've never, I've never, luckily enough, thank God, never found myself in a in a situation where I haven't had a job. Mm-hmm. I've always paid tax. I, I, I'm in a higher end of tax as well that I pay. But what I mean is, like, you're paid for twenty-six weeks at two hundred and fifty quid. And then they don't. Then you have to go into the whole other situation. Is a lot of pressures now. Don't take babies under one. I think so, there needs to be a change of mindset around the way we think about it, Linda. Because there's oh, always there's like always that thinking by you know oh I have to pay women more because oh they might go get pregnant and and then I have to pay them full return. We we need to get away from the mindset that kind of mindset of thinking and just accept the like, fact that have, women have babies. Yeah, and I mean you know if we don't have babies. We don't generate a population and the, and the, as well. And, and that boss, <laughs> yes. that that male boss who's refused to pay the maternity leave, he came out of somebody's womb at some point, didn't he? I know, but like it's not, it's it's, it's you know, it's, it's 26 weeks. Like I know, like, you know, you're not, even if, if some companies, you know, there was something brought in that they paid three months or they, you know, like something yeah. because, you know, you're going from a, a way straight down to 250 a week. It, oh, it's it, a big jump. You know, and yeah. especially for new babies and, you know. And mother, yeah, there's a lot of expense to having a baby too because you'd buy everything exactly. that you now, need. We were, yeah. we were lucky enough that I was in a, we were in a position to say it because I was pregnant during COVID, you know, so I could take the time off at my baby. But like, you that know. Was, that was good timing, Linda. That was <laughs> it was good timing, yeah. you know. But um, now in saying that, like, you know, I am, I am going back to work. I do enjoy work and I am going back to work. They can tell that person who sent in the text. They're not, they never, ever pay for my baby they never will pay for my baby but I hope the day that they, they come that I have to pay tax to keep them going to keep for their <laughs> baby yeah. Yeah. absolutely so, I mean it works in roundabouts so, you Linda know. You, you're 100% right and I think it just has to be a mindset change and I think it will change over time I think it's going to take a little bit more time but just for that mindset to change because the last thing we want is for employers or unscrupulous employers saying oh well if I have to pay them full pay I'm not going to hurt bleeding women now you know, you, well, and the that, thing is like, I, I would suggest to women that if they're ever when they're starting a workforce that they do ask do yeah. they pay my to pay? Yeah. Maybe, don't ask it in the, maybe don't ask it in the interview. <laughs> oh, no, but them days are gone. You're not allowed to ask <laughs> yeah, absolutely, days, you know? yeah. Take the wedding ring off going in as well. <laughs> oh, you, you shouldn't have to, but unfortunately, the way it, it is, is nowadays. Yeah, Linda, listen, thank you very much indeed, and I appreciate <laughs> you coming on the air. Thanks very much indeed. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Ireland's classic.